2: Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Wix.com. It is Tuesday, November 1st. I'm Jake Letarski here alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow Eric at etcat30. You can follow me at jakeski52. Quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher or any other platform for that matter and have a moment to leave us a nice review, it is very much appreciated. You can get get at us on Twitter with feedback or use those platforms. I give us five stars. Takes just a second and helps us out a ton. Helps us to help you. So, Thank you in advance for doing that. Uh, Eric, how'd it go for you this week? Uh, me personally, I uh, it was left in the hands of Monday Night Football and it did not go well, but how'd you make out in your season-long leagues? Okay, season-long, let's see. Uh, went
1: 3-1. and one. Um, nice. one of the wins, uh, I had an undefeated team still alive, but down by seven. Mm-hmm. Had Zach Miller, half mm-hmm. PPR, and by halftime he actually had gotten exactly seven points to tie Mm-hmm. So then that, at that point, he just needed to get a reception there you go. and some yards in the and second half. nice for you. Yeah, so well, eked it out by three and a half. But it was, like, if I, just, uh, like, the starting decision I made, like, if I had had Tyler Eifert in there, it would have oh, definitely happened. Yeah. It would have been a blowout, Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Tyler Eifert instead of Zach Miller. Oh, so I mean, geez. ten yeah. more points, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, a and stud it, but it would have been like a guaranteed win. I want to, I would have known like I was okay going in. But anyway, the goal is always to have an undefeated season somewhere at some point in my fantasy career, and it's still freaking
2: alive. So still I'm alive. happy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, one of these years for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me personally, there there are two situations that could have happened on uh, on, on Monday night, both unlikely. I needed other 25 points from Elshon Jeffrey. He came really close but didn't quite get it. He said full ppr when i was
1: talking to you yeah. last night right yeah full yeah.
2: ppr didn't quite get it he was close but he didn't quite get it and i took the loss there i also needed like a, a ridiculous i need harrison smith to outscore uh one of the vikings random d linemen by like 18 in an idp league didn't quite happen so i went two and three this week on the bright side though my two wins were were my i don't know if this is bright side or not my two wins were in my two worst leagues so Right now, at as of this moment, I am at 500 or better in every single one of my leagues, mm-hmm. which is nice. Because I started 0-4-1, and I just cracked off four wins in a row here. Nice, but, yeah. But enough about us personally. Let's quick talk <laughs> about that Minnesota Vikings-Chicago Bears Monday night game. Jay Cutler coming back to the lineup here, but of course draws the Vikings in his first game back. I thought it was just like leading the cattle to slaughter there. But Jay proved me wrong. He dressed up as Halloween for the, as the quarterback that everyone thinks he should be all the time. And uh, good for Jay and the Bears getting it done. Start on the losing side with the Vikings. Sam Bradford, 23 for 37, 228. And a touchdown. Matt Asiata filling in, uh, taking the ball carry role. Uh, because of jarek mckinnon who was out with an ankle injury 14 for 42 just three yards per carry stefan diggs as expected their leading receiver eight for 76 and a score i mean the real story though is this minnesota offensive line here i mean the vikings are five and two now i don't know what kind of scenario happened during their bye week that made them all just kind of not play well anymore but really i gotta pin that on the offensive line here do you see it getting any better
1: I do not like. Okay, so if they want to bring in another o, o- lineman, because I mm-hmm. think uh, they just suffered an injury to Alex Boone last night yep. too, and
2: I believe today's the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if they want to like make a trade happen, they need to like finagle some contract stuff with like some of their current guys to like you know ease up some cap space to bring in a guy say like joe staley or mm-hmm. joe thomas yeah. and, but i mean those guys are making significant money and they're like right up against the cap right now so i don't know how they're gonna do it
2: well and they already mortgaged part of their future to go ahead and get sam bradford to exactly. you know how many how far into the head you into the future do you want to be giving up first round picks just to go for it this year yeah man i hope they do i hope they give up a 2017 and a 2018 first rounder to get joe thomas that would make me please just like (laughs) screw their drafts for the rest of the year but again eric and i packer fans so that might be beside the point here let's talk about the bright side uh chicago bears jay cutler 20 for 31 252 and a touchdown very impressive 8.1 yards per attempt uh but the uh, real story of this game. Jordan Howard, 26 carries for 153 yards, 5.9 yards per carry in a score. He was also used effectively in the screen game, caught all four of his targets for 49 yards here. Jordan Howard, new feature back, debate over? You would
1: have to think so, even though Jeremy Langford was active. Mm-hmm. They, they uh, named him the starter in advance of the game, so you knew like he was getting all the work mm-hmm. uh, on Jer- Monday night. Jeremy
2: Langford didn't even get a carry. Yeah, he didn't get. I don't. He caught I one actually, pass on one target for eleven yards. With okay, no so he did get for,
1: snaps. Okay, yeah, so,
2: so no carries for Langford. We'll get the snap counts on RotoWire a little bit later. Yeah, in the day.
1: yeah exactly. But yeah, um, I mean Jordan Howard seems to be the guy, mm-hmm. um, but he has proven himself in past weeks with Jeremy Langford out. Yep. Uh, on the other hand, Kadim Carey was yeah. cutting into that a little bit, but I in know, this game, like. In this game, he didn't get he only had two carries for three yards, right? That's yeah. it.
2: I mean, I don't, I think part of it was that, that maybe Howard wasn't at 100% in some of those previous games. So that's maybe mm-hmm. why Kerry was going, but he looked a hundred percent on Monday night against this Vikings run defense. That has been very stout. They have an excellent front seven, great linebackers, great, great line. They they're, they're stopped the run pretty well. Yeah. Not the case on Monday.
1: Yeah. Maybe they just decided to stick with him after he reeled off the 69 yard run, like right away mm-hmm. to start the game. Yeah. Right. Hey, in the hot hand. Yeah. Like, it's that's exactly what and we're going to talk about this later but uh Tim Hightower in exactly. New Orleans uh yeah. like he did the same thing
2: Yeah, and I don't know the stat for sure but I'm going to I'd be willing to wager that's the <laughs> longest run the Vikings have given up all season real yeah. quick Chicago pass rusher or I'm sorry Chicago pass catchers Zach Miller led the way seven for 88 yards and a score on a team high 10 targets Elshon Jeffrey the return of Jay Cutler might mean good things for him finished with four catches on his eight targets for 63 and a score I believe it's his first touchdown of the year so good to go for him Cameron Meredith falling into drop candidate territory I mean Jay's not really looking at him, just targeted twice, caught one for 24. I already mentioned what Howard was able to do with the ball here. So uh, good things coming for Elshon Jeffrey, a player that I believe is on the rise here. Let's shift focus here, though, to uh, Week 9 waiver Wire. That's the meat and potatoes of this Fantasy Football Podcast. Every single Tuesday... Quick reminder, all FAB recommendations are based on a 12-team standard format with a $100 budget, percent-owned figures. I took those Monday night during the game, roughly during the first half. Those, of course, are subject to change regularly, depending on when you actually listen to this show here, because uh, first-come, first-serve rate waivers continue to process and alter those numbers in both Yahoo and ESPN formats. Another tough buy a week, Eric. Arizona Cardinals and David Johnson are on a buy the bears of course. Uh, and we saw Jordan Howard emerge. He's on a buy Noel Sean Jeffrey, the Bengals and the Redskins coming back from London. They're also on a buy. Then we've got the Texans on a buy and the Patriots on a buy. There are a ton of quote, quote, good quarterbacks. QB ones, even that, uh, are going to be unavailable this week. So we have to start looking at some streaming options. Last week, we kind of threw out Mm -hmm. Alex Smith and Brock Osweiler injuries and just being terrible, derailed those plays respectively. We're going to give it another shot uh, this week. I've got three candidates, Eric. Colin Kaepernick against the Saints, Trevor Simeon at Oakland, and Sam Bradford, again, he'll have to bounce back, home against Detroit here. Any one of those stand out to you?
1: Yeah, okay. I'll just say who doesn't stand out. Uh, Sam Bradford. I'm not even touching him just because of the old lion play. He's going to be uh, under pressure constantly going forward. I yeah. don't want any part of that.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, there, there might be some deep leagues. The, the only appeal of Bradford to me is that he's facing the Lions who have given up the number one yeah. fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. That's it. But if Ziggy Ansa and some of those Lions pass rushers get after him, yeah. I just don't think that Bradford will be able to stay upright. Whether it's a shoulder or a looming concussion or anything else, a couple shots at the midsection. I do agree with you that Bradford is a very, very dicey play in any week until they fix some of those line woes. Yeah, as for uh, Semyon, he's just been underwhelming,
1: right? Like when it, at least when it comes to fantasy, I know he's doing everything that Denver wants him to do, mm-hmm. not making mistakes, you know, keeping them in games and ensuring that they're, I mean, you know, going to be a top two seed you know, in the AFC, but Mm -hmm. he... he what does he maxed all that at this year? Like I mean, standard, like it, it's, fifteen it, points. Yeah, it's, it's
2: a run first offense completely here. So uh, and the running backs are going to continue to get uh, the bulk uh, of the workload, and and that just doesn't bode well for Simeon. I throw that out there because he is playing the Raiders, who the secondary, their front seven is pretty good. They can stop the run pretty well, but the secondary has been a little hit or miss this season. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the only reason I throw Simeon out there. But uh, and
1: he does have the uh, premier wideouts.
2: Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, if you're if I, weapons, if it, weapons it, for days. If we're
1: just talking about these three candidates, I have to go with Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. New Orleans' defense is 29th against the pass, 18th against the run. Uh, This guy is a dual-threat quarterback. So, so far, what has he done on the ground? He's had Mm -hmm. 17 carries for 150 yards, Mm -hmm. 8.8 yards per carry in his two starts. That's amounted to 17 and 13, or helped him get to 17 and 13 standard fantasy points. If if you want to get, like, roughly... If you need to fill in for, you know, Andy Dalton or Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins this week, even Carson Palmer, you can probably rely on 15 points just because of the ground or the Stuff he gives you on the ground.
2: Yeah, I mean, six point six points from rushing yards and eight point four rushing yards in his first two starts of the year. That just brings the floor up so much. That's like uh, take take any other standard quarterback and give him an add another thirty yard touchdown pass to it. Is essentially what that rushing is doing. Exactly right. So yeah, he has
1: only told three hundred thirty yards passing in his two starts so far. Two touchdowns, one interception, one fumble.
2: But if there's a, I mean, the other concerning thing is he's been under fifty percent in terms of completion percentage. But yeah. uh, if there's ever a, a team that's going to allow higher than 50% and more than 200 yards, it is the Saints. So I do see where you're coming from. And then the Saints also do have to travel to the Bay Area. That's just another thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's an afternoon game, so I, that doesn't affect, you know, east or central time zone teams as much as it does west coast going east.
2: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, the, the travel always comes in. Yeah, a play. It's a bit of a factor. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, believe it or not, I will be picking up. Colin Kaepernick in a couple of my leagues because I, I do. I'm a Dalton owner in a 14 teamer <clears> where uh, he, he's the guy that I'm relying on. He's the only one on my roster, and uh, I'm going I'm to need to get some action there to fill that in here. A couple of two quarterback league updates. Cody Kessler, he's cleared to practice, and uh, if he can clear protocol, maybe he pushes McCown to backup duties. Is that yeah. actually the case? So yes, I, I saw what you had written before, and I amended
1: it a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a chance that he'll. Push push McCown to a backup role if he does a clear concussion protocol. And if you look at his line this year, it hasn't actually been too bad. 67% passing, 947 yards passing, 4-1 uh, to one TD to interception ratio. I mean, it's not That's too reasonable. bad in five yeah. games. Mm-hmm. I know he hasn't really had a standout game outside of maybe one. I think he had a 120-point t- game mm-hmm. roughly in there in standard.
2: Yeah. See, here's how I see it. If the Browns had one or, or maybe just Two wins on the season and were somehow able to convince themselves delusionally that they were in playoff striking distance Mm -hmm. then they'd probably go to the veteran McCown yeah but but at what is it oh and eight oh and seven I don't know if they've had their bye week yet but at this point you got to see what you got out of a guy like Kessler here I mean what Positive happens from McCown. I mean, fantasy owners probably want to see McCown. Guys waiting on the return of Corey Coleman, guys hoping to get something, period, out of Gary Barnage. Probably want to see McCown, but that's not looking like it's going to happen, I guess. It's going to be a battle. I guess we'll see. And, Uh, I mean, is he leaning in any way for Week 9? Or is that just too early to tell? I,
1: yeah, like when when a, with a person coming off uh, or somebody who's in the concussion protocol, it, it's just really contingent upon the independent neurologist's like approval. Mm-hmm. They have no idea when that's going to happen, but he has been cleared to practice. Uh, that means when you're in concussion protocol, you can do individual drills, no contact though.
2: Absolutely. Speaking of concussion protocol, that is where Alex Smith finds himself. And, uh, if he can't go or get cleared this week, uh, Nick Foles would be next up. So possibly worth a look here because he's going to be available everywhere. I mean, if you're in a two-quarterback league right now and there are six teams on by, uh, chances are that every single starter is going to be owned. So go ahead and and get yourself some Nick Foles if you have to.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did face the 31st-ranked defense or pass defense this past weekend in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. He went 16 for 22, 223 yards and two touchdowns. No mistakes, really, in that game. But he is going to be facing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who boast the... Eighth rank pass defense. Yeah. Uh that's just just the upgrade in, you know, secondary talent is probably gonna, mm-hmm. you know, limit his effectiveness is, if he's a starter this yeah, weekend. And
2: there's also a chance he may or may not have Spencer Ware at his disposal. He's also in concussion protocol here. I mean of course he's gonna have his Macklin's Kelsey's Trek Andrick West and whatnot. So mm-hmm. there there is some utility there, but it needs to be in the right format here. Let's shift focus to running backs, Eric, where last week we talked about uh, Devontae Booker, who's front and center. I'm still in the camp where you need to empty your FAB budget for him if he's out there. Also, we touched on Chris Thompson, Alfred Blue, and Mike Davis, 49ers running back situation in flux. Alfred Blue, um, of course, is going to be on a buy this coming week, so I'm guessing Lamar Miller will be healthy by then. Chris Thompson on a bye this upcoming week, and also not really seeing his role change with, uh, with uh, Matt Jones not being much of a factor. We'll get to that in a moment. First, I want to offer a heads-up. Uh, Thomas Rawls, who had a fibula injury, he's going to be targeting, probably not this week, but a November 13th return against New England. Is there any intrigue there? I mean, I know he was a second-round draft pick pretty much in all drafts, and then, of course, uh, injuries derailed him. But is he someone that you're going to try to stash? <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, if he, if he's out
1: there and my running back situation, is that dire? I mean, and I have the, I guess I have to have, like, the bench spots as well, sure. But, I mean, Christy Michael and CJ Proceis have been, like, a pretty good one-two punch since Proceis has actually played. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know if you want to break up that chemistry. But on the other hand, if Rawls is healthy, doesn't he deserve the gig?
2: I mean, he, <laughs> he deserves touches. But I, At the, okay. I'm i highly Touches. skeptical yeah. that he's going to be able to come in and dominate that backfield. Because yeah. the backfield's been able to get it done so far with what they've right. had. So and, and Seattle's, I mean, Marshawn Lynch was kind of an, an exception. He was kind of their bell cow. But uh, I, I think they'll continue to mix things up quite mm-hmm. a bit. And that's, that's just what Seattle does. They like to ride the hot hands. So I, Thomas Rawls isn't guaranteed anything. I, I, I know that Pete Carroll doesn't care that he was a second-round draft pick here, and, and neither should fantasy <coughs> owners right now.
1: Yeah, and I guess... Seattle has uh, dealt with a lot of injuries to in their skill position, so why not like go with a you know rotation of three players in the backfield mm-hmm. to ensure that you know that. That they stay fresh.
2: Yeah, exactly. Keep uh, the long term <clears throat> focus in mind here. Well, we've had some interesting news out of Philadelphia, where Ryan Matthews entered the season as the lead back, but he's fumbled a couple times. And and to make the whole situation murkier, we had a Wendell Smallwood fumble in Sunday's loss, pretty costly one as well here. So that leaves Darren Sproles, and it looks like uh, I mean his availability is not quite there. We got to start talking about him because uh, he's owned in fifty five percent of Yahoo, sixty percent of ESPN leagues. So He's worth the look because I think he might be your top target if he's out there again availability limited here, but I guess he's in consideration to take over as the lead back and Eric, what could that do for his fantasy value?
1: yeah, I know it was interesting to me when I was watching the Sunday Night game that I didn't really see matthew Ryan Matthews out there at all, and Sprolls was getting all the touches, mm-hmm. and yeah, he had a season high fifteen carries for eighty six yards. I mean that's nothing to dismiss at all. Mm-hmm. Uh had 5 catches as well. I mean if in a PPR league <laughs> Isn't he close to like an RB1 at this point, especially this week with all the buys?
2: Yeah, with all the buys, he's got to be working his way up here. And I mean, Sproles, everyone kind of stays away from him a little bit. I mean, he's 33 years old, and Mm -hmm. normally that's uh, when running backs start to hit their typical slide here. Hasn't happened for Sproles, and he still looks
0: explosive. Yeah, That's the thing. He looks
2: very explosive. I don't know how high I'll be targeting him in like auctions next year in his age 34 season, but for the rest of this year, if he's going to get this kind of role, at least he has the veteran presence and and the peace of mind to keep the ball control a main focus because put yourself in Doug Peterson's shoes you've got a young rookie quarterback here that is just trying to manage the game and keep things moving along uh having a running back fumble just kind of derails your whole scheme yeah and he's also he's also a nice uh you know fall um
1: what's the, what's the term um handcuff
2: or yeah I mean just like the, fallback option yeah just like bye week fill in or he's shifty that's what he is that's for sure
1: well, I mean, he he's just a reliable guy mm-hmm. for Wentz. Like, he's going to be – I mean, he has that veteran savvy to, like, find the right place mm-hmm. in the defense where, you know – that's soft and he can actually make a play
2: yeah he's been around long enough he knows how to pass block well enough and he can also be someone that Wentz finds in the check down which could be uh, do wonders for his value especially if his snap counts way up there that'll just only increase his value in PPR formats and hey he returns punts once in a while so that gives you that extra glimmer of potential upside here so Darren Sproles probably your top target if he's out there not out there in a lot of formats but out there in some so worth a look here we alluded to this earlier tim hightower of the new orleans saints is uh kind of gaining steam as both a dfs value play and an in-season pickup this week and he is owned in just five percent of yahoo two percent of espn leagues here of course the saints rode the hot hand and went away from mark ingram and more towards tim hightower here and the real the real thing with tim hightower is the matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Is he someone you're going after this week, Eric? Yeah, I mean,
1: he's he seems to have the uh backing of Sean Payton. Uh did you mention the line? 26 carries, 102 yards. You can't really complain. Only 3.9 yards per carry. But that was I against mean, the Seahawks, though. Yeah, exactly. So
2: he did it really well against a very tough run defense Yeah. Here. So I think that, that that's good enough to prove that he's the real duo moving forward. What do you do with Mark Ingram, though? That's the thing. Like, do you benchmark Ingram? He is playing the 49ers this week. And can I just run these stats down real quick? The yeah, 49ers please. have allowed 185 yards per game on the ground just. Freaking rushing yards. They've allowed almost 1,300 so far mm-hmm. in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not eight weeks, seven games. Seven games, they've allowed almost 1,300 yards, 5.1 a carry, 11 carries of 20 plus yards, and double digit touchdowns. One of, I believe, six or seven teams that do that. Six teams, it looks like. The 49ers are a matchup that you target regardless of who's running the ball. And I mean, what do you do with Mark Ingram? Do you have to sit Mark Ingram this week with this matchup so juicy? Do you play them both? It's really dicey. I, yeah,
1: it is dicey. Um, I, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not a Martin. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not a uh, Mark
2: Ingram. Mark fan. Ingram. You wanted to say Doug Martin. I wanted I to he's say Doug Martin. Got, he's also a, got a hamstring injury, so no love for him. I'm not a. Yet.
1: Yes, I'm not a Doug Martin owner. But if I was, I would probably still try them all, just knowing the matchup. But I mean, yeah. What if? What if Tim Hightower just does get 30 carries for some reason? Yeah. He, he, I don't. I don't think like. I don't think Sean Payton actually likes to do that that much. He had I think he did it against the Seahawks just because it was a matchup uh that he could uh, he he just wanted to control the t- clock, right? Mm-hmm. Against the Seahawks, yeah. on the defense, whatever? Yeah. Uh, and maybe Tim Hightower was the best option to actually do that. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, hell, Daniel Lasco got more carries than Mark Ingram, so that makes things a little, a little bit scary. See, I'm I, in a point where I might have to start Mark Ingram, but I'm going to watch the Demarco Murray situation because my Mark Ingram league also happens to be the league where I own Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to watch that situation play out very carefully. I've also got Terrence West in that league, got a great matchup against the Steelers here, so mm-hmm. I'm looking to bounce back from a rough stake league performance fab wise tim hightower 10 to 15 dollars, or is that too much yeah I, i'd say you
1: can uh, maybe at this point should we call it like 10 to 15 percent of your budget remaining or
2: what yeah, yeah something like that <laughs> i'm just kind of throwing out what of dollar yeah. amount is going to get you uh, you
1: yeah you can probably get yeah you can get hightower for what bid you probably have to like if you guaranteed want to get him Mm -hmm. especially with the upcoming matchup and the blessing of uh, Sean Payton I think you have to go go that high Mm
2: -hmm. yeah I'm missing Mike Evans in a league this week actually no he had his buy already, didn't why why did I think I'm missing Mike Evans? But there's you guys know, uh, I'm gonna need to uh I'm gonna need to uh fill in a couple of options this week and uh oh there's a week there's a league I have where I have both David Johnson and Lamar Miller. Don't ask me how I pulled that off, but I have both of them and they're both on a buy. So I need some uh I need some running backs. I'm gonna be throwing out a decent part of my remaining budget for the likes of Tim Hightower at ten to fifteen. But another player at 10 to $15, who we have as a recommendation, we'll kind of go in reverse order here, that's Chuck Hendrick West of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's owning just 9% of Yahoo, 7% of ESPN leagues. We've got Spencer Ware in concussion protocol, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen there quite yet. And, of course, Jamal Charles with a knee injury. They're playing it very safe with him, and understandably so. Uh, so he's slated, actually, for another checkup with Dr. James Andrews. So as far as playing in Week 9, probably Seems unlikely great. yeah. <laughs> You don't just schedule that appointment like, hey, I think I'm feeling really great. I'm going to go see James Andrews just to make sure. Mm-hmm. You schedule that appointment like, uh-oh. There's something worrisome. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong here. So uh, so I guess where does Charkhandrick West stack up uh, in your, uh, I don't know if I want to say in your rankings, or, or I guess what are your expectations for him this week, whether it's Alex Smith or Nick Foles at the helm in Kansas City? I think there's fantasy value out of uh, their run- number one back. Oh, b- by the way, the
1: Kansas City Chiefs did sign Bishop Sankey on Tuesday. Watch so out. watch out. I mean, he's he's the uh, he could be the backup this weekend if both Charles and Ware are
2: out. Bishop Sankey more or less effective than <laughs> Nile Davis. <laughs> Um, he might actually be more effective okay, he might actually go. be Nile <laughs> Davis released this week. by the way, you can go ahead and drop him in your fantasy
1: leagues, but yeah uh like, Hendrick West has proven himself you know last year, obviously he had a pretty good end to last season, average four point four point zero yards per carry, exactly four yards per carry, and actually he 's a decent pass catcher as well, catching twenty of thirty four balls last year, thirteen of seventeen this year. Um, he's averaging 4.2 yards per carry this year. I don't know, like if Ware is out, I think he can be a pretty viable threat. Mm-hmm. You know, keep their um keep the Chiefs' offense running. You know, fifty fifty run to pass.
2: Yeah. So we can agree that Sproles is number one, and you always like to back your bids to make sure you get someone. Mm-hmm. So you'll say you throw a a nineteen dollar bid out on Sproles here is your next 15 16 bid if you if it's you personally making the decision does that go to Tim Hightower or does that go to Char West again uh, what, what is Tim the... Hightower playing the 49ers Char Kendrick West yeah. playing the Jacksonville Jaguars we've got uh, our own Kevin Payne our waiver wire guy who writes for the website he likes both those guys in the 10 to 15 range you got to you got to i mean you're going to like if lie i'm choosing if
1: i have to go through if i have to like choose one of these guys I'd probably go west just because what if Mark Ingram starts you know getting that job back mm-hmm. uh, or what if Tim Hightower fumbles and they throw Ingram out there to carry the load
2: yeah against yeah,
1: like the worst you know run defense in the league
2: that's very possible i actually think i mean the chargers giving up uh 180 or not, not the chargers the 49ers giving up 180 yards per game i think one of those backs will get 100 yards one of those backs will get about 80 yards if you kind yeah. of throw that out there and they might might even be more because their run game is pretty strong here so i think me personally i'd lean towards hightower because even if okay. ingram's still involved hightower will get 10 to 12 carries and 10 to 12 carries against the 49ers is a pretty high floor here so uh uh I, it's a much better matchup and I'm going matchup wise because I'm looking at these guys for just one week not necessarily rest of season here so but okay I hate like
1: throwing out you know $15 bids on guys that I'm only going to be, be using for a week I I'd rather there be some hope that, you know, the player that I'm getting is actually going to be somewhat viable you know, for at least Mm -hmm. a few weeks.
2: Yeah, very true. I mean, I I was guilty of that with a couple, like, $21 Hunter Henry bids a few weeks back. We'll get tight ends later, just because I needed uh, Greg Olson fill-ins for the week here. And, you know, when you're on a roll and you're winning a lot and you think, and I think that bid can help me win a matchup in a tough bye week, Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem doing it. You can't take it with you here, but that's just me. Everyone kind of likes to look at that differently. Yeah. All right, another player that would probably be getting more love uh, if he did not have a week 9 bye is rob kelly of the washington redskins of course washington returning from london so not getting uh so, so of course they get the time off here i mean rob kelly had a pretty big game on sunday you got to wait and stick it out through the bye can he still be vi- valuable after their bye week i mean
1: it really doesn't it really matter what matt jones health looks like after
2: the bye exactly. i mean
1: obviously the bye week helps him a lot to get his i believe knee is it mm-hmm. knee healthy yes
2: <laughs> well i mean also i mean f- fumbleitis is not a, a medical condition either so like if matt jones continues shaky yeah. ball carrying uh then that might have more to do than his knee injury because that's the trajectory it was going on yeah exactly i,
1: I don't know like that's a very good point the fumbles are always an issue. Um, you want to go roll with a guy who's not going to drop the ball. Uh, I mean, Kelly's averaging five yards per carry on the season and has a touchdown. Um, I mean, that's nothing to sniff at. Mm-hmm. And, but the bye week just makes me a little like wary yeah, of this a little, situation. a little bit
2: skeptical. I mean, what we do know, though, is that if Matt Jones isn't the guy Chris Thompson doesn't all of a sudden become the feature back. His role stays the same, and they move to Rob Kelly. So that's I mean, something to monitor here. I think if you're a Jones owner and have the roster spot, you might as well be a Kelly owner as well. Get yourself the guaranteed portion of that backfield. Or if you have a very deep bench and uh, some wiggle room there and maybe buys aren't hurting you, then he could be a stash. But again, not going to help you this week.
1: Yeah, and Jay Gruen has even said that. He did, he said it uh, you know in advance of this game that if Matt Jones did sit out that – Rob Kelly would be the man just because their um, statures and, you know, mm-hmm. playing styles are similar, whereas Chris Thompson is a little shorter. Five, yeah. I believe 5'10 and 185. Yeah. I mean,
2: why give your uh, scat back, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. Uh 10 15 extra between the tackle to carry to carries, and then get him hurt. Yeah, and then, then you have nothing, then you're down two. Okay? Yeah, exactly. And then you don't have your third down back either. Yeah. So I can see very much where they're coming from.
1: At there. least, uh, Kelly's, I believe, six foot, 220 pound, stat- like body can actually handle the rigors of going between the tackles.
2: Absolutely. Well, moving along, Eric, have you ever seen or when was the last time you've seen a Thursday night game with an over under of 51 and a half? Doesn't happen all that often.
1: Yeah, because usually those games are kind of for lack of a better term shit shows
2: yeah they're pretty they're yeah they're pretty <laughs> terrible absolutely um but Peyton Barber and Antoine Smith they kind of get uh some action because they're playing the Falcons and Doug Martin's got a hamstring injury and Jacques Rogers has a foot injury and it's a uh, it's a short turnaround week here so one of these backs has got to do something here do you rush to pick up either of these guys before Thursday night's game
1: man okay I like what Peyton Barber did in that, you know, or how he looked in that 44-yard touchdown run he had in Week 7 against San Francisco. Granted, it was against San Francisco who we just discussed as the worst rush defense in the league. Uh, and aside from that 44-yard touchdown, he has 15 carries for 47 yards, which is 3.1 yards per carry.
2: Mm-hmm. I just he wanted to carried I, the ball once in Sunday's loss to the Raiders.
1: And I, I just want to note, though, that Jaquiz Rodgers – Boasted 3.6 yards per carry for his career before coming to Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and under dirt or er, in dirt cutters offense He has up that to four and a half mm-hmm. even with a lot of usage so if Peyton Barber is going to get 20 carries, mm-hmm. you, maybe he can bump that up to four yards per carry and yeah. have an 80-yard day for you on Thursday.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm warming up to Anton Smith a little bit, though. He's a veteran, yeah. got a little more experience. He's more of a pass-catching threat. In your PPR formats, I think you might want to go after Anton Smith. Uh, just I mean, because. But both of these guys, I don't think either of them warrant much more than a $5 bid, to be honest yeah. with you. you don't. They're short-term fill-ins because eventually, Tampa Bay will get healthy, right?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I know... <laughs> So, to start the season, it was Martin and Sims, right? Martin was the main man and Sims was the pass catching back. When both of them went down, they went to just quiz Rodgers and he gets all the touches out of the backfield. Like nobody else gets anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, Barber got a little bit in that uh, game against San Francisco, that blowout, Mm -hmm. but I lost. I think they might go back to like, you know, Barber being like the two down back and Antoine Smith being the you know third-down guy, pass-catching back.
2: Absolutely, yeah, just backtracking a little bit. I mean, we talked about the matchup against San Francisco, Barber being the complementary option, but still getting uh, a good stat line at the end. That's why I kind of think it'll be the same way with Tim Hightower, yeah. regardless of, of how Peyton, coach Sean Payton, decides to use Mark Ingram. Real quick, honorable mention, I don't really jump into uh, the Ronnie Hillman territory, but he's the backup to Matt Asiata. actually had a better yards per carry uh, on Monday night here, but you can't really have high expectations there. If you're dropping folks, give C.J. Anderson the boot. He might be back for the real-life playoffs, but not in time for the fantasy playoffs. Placed on IR with a knee injury. And, of course, by Felicia to Nile Davis of the Packers. They don't even have to give up a draft pick for him because they didn't even use him. He was kind of just an emergency option. Yeah, so who are the Packers going to pick up now? Yeah, yeah, who knows? I, you know, the conversation around the office is, man, I hope they trade for Ryan Matthews. Trade for Ryan Matthews. That's not a Ted Thompson thing to do. I don't think that is going to happen. CJ Spiller. Yeah, that's know? my thought. Yeah, that's also not a Ted Thompson thing to do. So I, I, I just don't know what, what what's going to happen here. Yeah. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. All right, we're back on track with our waiver wire uh, talks for the week here. Last week, Eric, we talked about Devonte Adams. Cordero, Patterson, Marquise Lee—the latter two not so much—but of course Devonte Adams is to the point where he's a must own in anything ten teams and greater. Uh, I want to before we get into a couple of candidates, want to give everyone a heads up that Corey Coleman of the Browns is returning to practice this week. All things aside, should he be one of your top targets given what he was able to do in the season's first two weeks?
1: Yeah, I, I really, I really think so. Um, personally, like I, I've owned him in three or four leagues. The one that I didn't, I noticed that he was actually on the waiver wire last week Mm -hmm. and put in a claim. Even though I was first with an undefeated record, I was able to scoop him up. So I added him to a receiving core that already has Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm.
2: It's a very limited (laughs) sample size, of course. Week one with Robert Griffin at the helm. Corey Coleman, two catches for 69 yards on five targets. Then week two, I believe they shifted to McCown after knock knock surprise Robert Griffin gets hurt uh five catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets I think Coleman is his status has helped if Josh McCown's their quarterback and I think he should start to be being owned I I was able to get him two weeks ago I picked him up and held on to him because I'm in kind of a dire receiving Hmm. situation I, I may
1: now that you mention it that McCown was the guy under center in week two I almost think that That might like sway the decision, the quarterback decision. Like if Corey Coleman is actually coming back, like from the broken hand and gonna play this weekend, why not have the guy that was out there when he had his best performance of the season?
2: Yeah, exactly. The one-two punch of Corey Coleman and uh, Terrell Pryor should actually having some fantasy relevancy in Cleveland. Well, I mean,
1: wasn't he in Tampa Bay during Mike Evans' rookie year that was also pretty dang good?
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, I think Mike <laughs> Evans might be one of those exceptional players that, uh, as long as you continue to target him, he'll make some special things happen. Yeah, right. So he's got to be someone uh, that. Uh,
1: but Corey Coleman was a you know first round pick for a reason because mm-hmm. he was incredible in college at yeah, Baylor.
2: Absolutely, stud for <laughs> Baylor. So uh, yeah, give Corey Coleman a pickup if you need a wideout. Uh, this week we don't know for sure if he'll play. This week seemingly has a reasonable chance, but yeah. uh, you'll get him next week if not this week. I would assume. Another quick update, quick hitter here. That's the the whole theme of the receiver section today. They're all quick hitters. There's no standout candidates, but we're going to run down news and notes that might affect your waiver wire decision. Percy Harvin is out of retirement, signing with the Buffalo Bills. Of course, uh, Percy Harvin reuniting with Rex Ryan from those days as a Jet. Is there any intrigue here, Eric? No. I mean right. it's it's <laughs> Move hard it along. <laughs> it's, it's it's really hard I mean if
1: it, if we're going to be quick hits I have to say no because I don't know where his level of health is at on the other hand you he's also com- have
2: it's the health and you have no idea what kind of football shape he's in yeah I mean just he, he could take one hit
1: and his hip could again be like knocked out
2: or his he could get migraines again or that yeah there's so many bad things that could happen here that it's risky I'd maybe take a wait and see approach unless you're in a super deep format and are pretty desperate for a PPR option but uh I mean there shouldn't be much of a learning curve because with there's Rex Ryan, but also it's Tyrod Taylor throwing in the ball. If Percy Harvin was like the third receiver in Green Bay or something along those lines, then maybe, but you just don't know – how they're going to feature him in the offense so a little bit too early to tell yeah it's just a wait and see thing put him on your watch list i guess all right another kind of long-term target you might have to go after uh i don't know if you want to go after him or not because the cardinals are on a buy here in week nine but jj nelson owned in just three percent of yahoo one percent of espn leagues was targeted a team high 12 times in sunday's game against carolina finished with eight catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns is there any appeal to jj nelson it's a crowded position group but lines like this make you open your eyes yeah
1: um i actually he, like outside of Corey coleman if he's available in my, well he's not available in my, any of my leagues but i'm recommending if you know Corey coleman is unavailable i i would say nelson might be your top pickup mm-hmm. uh just because after sunday's game sunday's loss Bruce Arian said that Nelson is now his number two wideout, ahead of Michael Floyd and John Brown.
2: Oh boy! You see, you got the you cover the Cardinals for Rotowire, so you got the inside scoop on the Cardinals. I knew Michael Floyd was trending downward. Yeah. I didn't quite see all of these reports yesterday. So Nelson, the real deal. He's a good. He's a good deep threat. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the more attractive options about him. Yeah, and I, I
1: wish I had the uh, you know Rotowire magazine because. Um, in my team preview that I wrote for it, like I had JJ uh, Nelson as a sleeper, uh, the super
2: sleeper or the sleeper,
1: uh, the, he was actually the super sleeper, the super sorry, sleeper. He was Ooh. the super sleeper. So, and that was just because, you know, if there's an injury to, you know, one of the three in front of him, like there has been in seasons past, like he has a chance to actually get into this passing attack. And lo and behold, you know, Michael Floyd was, de- has been dealing with a hamstring injury of late. John Brown was diagnosed with a sickle cell trait, and they're terming it like – they termed it as hamstring injury last week. But it's just more like Mm -hmm. dealing with fatigue and, you know, where does that affect your body? Uh, Apparently, uh, John Brown's legs.
2: I I hear you. So, (laughs) fab. How much fab money do you spend on JJ? Um
1: Considering that he seems to be like adding like different or varying routes to his repertoire, like now he's not just like streaking down the field and hoping to connect with Carson Palmer, but he's actually like working in the slot and you know it, he's actually doing everything now or it seem anyway
2: fab um I would say. 10, $11. All right, fair. Uh, yeah, I might need him. I, my first target in my heavy league that I need that I'm suffering by weeks is a running back, but I'm definitely putting a JJ Nelson bid out there because there are guys like Terrence Williams who can be cut that I owned at a few places. Uh, he's safely gone now that Des Bryant is back. A couple more quick hitters. Are our waiver wire guy who writes for the site, Kevin Payne, seems like Kendall Wright this, this week. Are, are you on board with that?
1: Okay, if you just look at the target counts from the last three games, he is the leader with 18. Delaney Walker has 15, Rashard Matthews 14, Tajay Sharp 10, and just, you know, the running backs and tight end, like, reserve tight ends are combined for 23. So, it, like, Marcus Mariota is spreading the ball around, on the other hand, right is the leader that in that category? So, mm-hmm. you know, you always go for the targets, right?
2: Yeah, I had a couple Rashard Matthews shares. He might be a drop candidate in favor of Kendall Wright because these patterns you can't really ignore.
1: Note what, that doesn't uh, Rashard Matthews have touchdowns in three of his last four games? Yeah,
2: he's uh, that so he is touchdown de-
1: dependent, but mm-hmm. yeah, in, or in touchdown leagues yeah. he's uh, been key lately.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, both those guys get some consideration as as Marcus Mariota continues to improve as a quarterback here. What about Green Bay? Last week we saw both Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery out, and in the, in their absence there, both Jeff Janis and Trevor Davis, I believe, scored touchdowns here. Sir, I so did Geronimo, Geronimo Allen here. I mean... Allison. Allison. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sorry. Right. Too many names this week here. But anyway, <laughs> in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, we have always determined that there is room for a third receiver to have fantasy value. Is it any of these guys?
1: I mean, it was Jeff Janis last year, right? I mean, they were forced to with Jordy out for the season and Randall Cobb, you know, getting knocked out of the NFC uh, divisional game against Arizona. Mm-hmm. So you know, he had those two long hail mary passes, but that's all he, that's all he's really done his career. Like that's all you can really point to with when it comes to Janis. At least uh, Trevor Davis has huge hands. He's tall. He's pretty fast i don't see why they don't utilize him more
2: yeah i I would lean towards davis over janice because even before those opportunities janice and rogers just don't seem to be on the same page and rogers seems to get frustrated with him a lot and uh, you know janice has been tossed in there because of necessity but not necessarily because that's the way rogers would like to see it play out i think we'll see a little bit more trevor davis if these injuries persist granted we get Calvin montgomery back these guys kind of go back to their deep bench spots really yeah exactly i mean just focus
1: on Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb, and mm-hmm. you know, well, with Randall Cobb all, but Jordy Nelson, like those need to be. The, those are the two guy at focal points in the passing
2: attack. Mm-hmm. Another wideout group, Cincinnati, where we had uh, Brandon LaFell get a few touchdowns in, in some weeks in a row. Tyler Boyd has five more targets on Sunday than Brandon LaFell. Uh, but do we even care about the second wide receiver because Tyler Eifert is now back? yeah
1: um with Tyler Eifert back in action it's going to be the AJ and Eifert show
2: yeah I think LaFell and Boyd are probably back to being drop candidates this week here uh one other quick thing in Buffalo Walter Powell led the Bills with eight targets on Sunday but Marquise Goodwin just cleared concussion protocol I mean just quick hitters anything really to take from that yeah I'm nonplussed by the uh Buffalo passing attack yeah exactly um all right so Tight ends, Eric. Uh, we got a, one name that I want to go over. Last week we talked about Vernon Davis, Jack Doyle, and C. J. Fedorowicz. C. J. Fedorowicz, I think, remains a pretty top target. He's getting a lot of looks. Of course, the Houston Texans on bye, so you won't be able to use him this week. If you do need someone to use, how about Austin Hooper of the Falcons? He had a pretty decent game. Well, I mean, he didn't do a lot Sunday, but with Jacob Tamme shoulder injury ruled out for the Thursday night game. Austin Hooper becomes possibly a top tight end target this week? Oh yeah,
1: I think he's a top tight end target if the the guys you mentioned are not available at the yeah. moment.
2: I believe Jacob tammy has been ruled out already. I'm going to double he is. check he, that. he has but, been ruled out, yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, if you can't get well, I mean CJ Fedorowitz won't be able to help you this week, but if you can't get your Jack Doyle's or Vernon Davis's, you well Vernon Davis also on a bye Washington coming back from London here. You know so, where you know where uh, Hooper's from or where he went to college? Um he Tight end U
1: Kentucky. <laughs> Stanford.
2: Oh, no. Uh, oh, I'm, looking at, uh, I'm looking at Jacob Tammy. He went to Kentucky. I'm yeah. sorry. Totally wrong profile page up right <laughs> sorry. now. Yeah, but, but it, yeah. It, it, Austin, Stanford.
1: Austin Hooper went to Stanford. Uh, so on the season, he has two catches of 40-plus, another of tw- more than 20. He's averaging 17.7 yards per catch and also yards per target because he's caught all 11 balls. That's been throwing his way but from matt ryan
2: yeah good efficiency good volume he's somebody that uh i mean yeah,
1: absolutely worth a look the 17.7 yards per catch are you're getting you're talking about like the guys who the wideouts rather that you know break off those massive plays
2: all right so can you get away with three four bucks for hooper or do you have to spend a little more than that I, I mean i think you
1: actually can get away with a low ball bid just because I, i'm yeah I mean, sure. There are I mean, so there are there aside are s-
2: from Jordan Reed, all the big gun tight ends are are in action. This or I'm sorry, Jordan Reed, I, I Zach lied. Miller, Jordan, so Zach Miller, Jordan, Jordan Reed, Tyler, Eifert. Zach Miller, Tyler Eifert, Rob Gronkowski. Ooh, so you might have some kind Martellus Bennett, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might have some competition for him on the waiver wire. So if you need, need, need Austin Hooper, maybe six to eight dollars. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I did
1: forget the uh, level of talent in tight end, in, at the tight end position that was actually sitting out this weekend.
2: Yeah, there's so like, much. I, I didn't think of that at first, but now getting back to it now, it's like. Cheese You better go ahead and get. There, someone
1: there's to, actually um, league. There's actually a league where my t- two tight ends are Gronk and Zach Miller. So that means you know this guy is definitely who we're targeting. Yeah. But with all the other tight ends out. Who knows? Because I'm beholden to personally waivers, not fab. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you'd like to look for maybe Jack Doyle if he's still out there. Maybe the guy who spent yeah. his fab money last week gave up already. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry still kind of in consideration. So there's some options around in the tight end. Yeah. Lastly, Eric, you want to stream a defense. What do you think about the Baltimore Ravens against Pittsburgh? That's completely dependent on Big Ben's return? I think it does just
1: because, like, with Landry Jones under center, they've been trying to run the offense like Ben Roethlisberger is still the QB, which is idiotic. Like, just you know, utilize the talent that you have and do what he does best. Which I Absolutely. don't know really what Landry Jones does best. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if Landry Jones is a starter, Baltimore is a great option.
2: Yeah, owned in just forty-six percent of ESPN leagues, so better than a coin flip chance that they'll be available for you. What about the Raiders? They get Trevor Simeon at home. I like. I prefer to pick home teams when possible here uh, is, is he someone are the Raiders in consideration here do you think the Vicar, or I'm sorry the Broncos are well-rounded enough on offense to score some points yeah I, I mean you you almost feel like this is not
1: like typically when Denver plays you think it's gonna be a low scoring game but I actually think this is gonna be like roughly in like score. the 31-28 range or something like that and if you know your defense is giving up that many points you're really going to be reliant upon getting like a defensive touchdown or you know a bunch of picks and fumbles coming your way
2: all right, so in that case, do you turn over to the Dallas Cowboys, who are owned in just 17% of ESPN leagues? Of course, weekly pick on the Browns. We're back to that theme. See, the only reason – I didn't put the Cowboys on here initially because I thought they'd be higher owned than that. Turns out they're not. So if Josh McCown's a starting quarterback or if Cody Kessler's a starting quarterback or if Charlie Whitehurst or Keith Hogan or whoever that you – I'd know, just like to throw that out. I think they've started – they've played six different guys this year. Does it even matter? I mean, do you start? do you start Dallas? I don't like to stream road defenses, but this – the Browns are the one exception to that.
1: Yeah, right. And if McCown does start this weekend, he's thrown two interceptions in both of his starts. He's also fumbled the ball, but not lost it. So he, there's, there have been the potential for three turnovers in those games.
2: All right, so take a look at Dallas on the waiver wire this week. That's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Wix.com. Also remember to check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Terry and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return with some college action on Wednesday from Mario and John.